Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsandiego.com. John 21, 13, Jesus came and broke bread and gave it to them. The concluding scene of John's gospel after Jesus has died and resurrected is him sitting on the beach with his disciples, breaking bread. Uh, This theme of bread is woven throughout uh, John's gospel as Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life and Uh, Also, at the climax of the Last Supper, as Jesus shares the Passover meal uh, with his disciples, Luke recalls it and says, And he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The question is, what does Jesus mean by this? And he says, Do this in remembrance of me. I think oftentimes we focus in on the act of the bread and the cup, which is obviously essential to this. But I think when Jesus refers to this, he's referring to the the greater picture of people from different backgrounds, ages, thought processes are gathered around a table. And as they're there in relationship and the bread is broken and they're sharing the cup, uh, it is in this moment that Jesus says this, all of this, remember, this is pointing towards me, what I've done. And so we have an opportunity every time we gather together and we break bread and we share the cup to remember, to remember what Jesus has asked us to reflect on. The interesting thing about remembering is oftentimes That refers to something of the past, but what Jesus is asking us to remember is not only the past, but it's remembering his his presence and activity in the here and the now, and it's remembering what is to come. Uh, The theologian N.T. Wright says this, the hardest thing about the sacraments is that they invite us to look at time in a different way. The term memorial does not mean merely bringing something to mind of remembering, It refers in some way to bringing the past story and divine action of the past into the present, such that the present audience becomes a part of the story and receives the benefit from such actualization. This is a moment when we break bread, we are bringing the past activity into the present moment, the reality of who Jesus is, broken and given over for us. Is a time for us to come and to gather around what exactly that means. And so for us to understand what that fully means, we have to look at the past and the present and the future of what Jesus is asking us to remember. First, the past, we can look at This meal was something that had been done for hundreds and hundreds of years. It was the Seder meal. It was the Passover meal that the Jews had to celebrate and still celebrate to this day. It has to do with the present, remembering the present, that this was the birth of the church, that this was God's divine activity amongst his people to bring about the kingdom of God. 
And also that this activity helps us remember what's been promised, that there is a feast to come, and that the breaking of the bread is a foretaste of what our souls are eternally longing for. So the the past, let's talk about the past. When the Jews would gather around for the Passover Seder meal, every single element of this was filled with significance. And these, these signs were not only for them to remember what happened, that God heard the cries of this small, oppressed people, and he intervened with his mighty hand and delivered them out of slavery, out of Egypt, out of oppression, and brought them into a place of freedom. And as he does this, the story is interrupted in Exodus with a meal. And he says in the middle of this radical deliverance, he gives them instructions about a festival. And he says these different elements of the festival are to remind you of where you came from, what I've brought you out of. But what's fascinating is these elements that always pointed back were always pointing forward as well. So one of the important elements of the Passover meal had to do with the bread. This was uh, called matzah. It was unleavened bread because they didn't have time to let the bread rise. And so every year when they celebrate Passover, they will take this bread and they'll put it into a basket called the ekat. And the ekad is the Hebrew word for one. It's the same word that we see for Adam and Eve. It's the same word we see in Numbers when the clusters of grapes are brought uh, from the promised land. It was an ekad. It was one unit of a complex, diverse thing. And so they'll take the bread and they'll put it in the ekad into three different compartments. And the second piece of bread, they'll break And they'll take the bread and they'll wrap it in a a towel. This piece of bread is called the afikomen. And then during the festival, they'll go and hide it. And at the end of the Passover meal, the children are released and they go and search all throughout the house for the afikomen. And once they find it, they hold that bread a ransom and there's a prize given for those who found it. And so as this is going on, the Hebrew tradition points that these three different components of the Akkad are for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The problem is they've always wondered why is Isaac's piece of bread broken? And the tradition was that if there's always some leftover for the poor, which I believe bears significance. But what we know is that when Jesus came and he said this bread, this is my body, broken for you. I mean, think about the symbolism. Here is the the second part of the three pieces, although they're one, broken, wrapped, and hidden away, and then is searched for, and once found is, is a symbol of the ransom given for the redemption of that piece of bread. I mean, does this sound familiar? And so for Jesus, it's pointing backwards. Communion is a time for us to say not only what God has done, but what he continues to do through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And once we understand how, how when we remember what God has done, it starts to color in what God is doing now and how we can remember the present. And so this meal, the Seder meal, became less of a yearly tradition and it became something that was happening all the time. There's five different names given for this meal that the early church adopted uh, that we find in the New Testament. Number one is communion. Uh, where we get, where it comes from the word koinonia, or fellowship, or, or this idea of social covenant commitment to one another. Uh, the other term that we see here is the Eucharist, which means thanksgiving. And you see this when Jesus broke bread and gave thanks to his Father. Uh, we see the, the term, uh, the, the supper, the Lord's Supper. Uh, we see the term actually in Jude calls it a love feast or an agape feast. And this actually became the most popular term throughout the early church in the first few hundred years. And that's exactly what it was. It was a feast. It wasn't just a morsel of bread and a tiny cup. The people would gather together and in the breaking of the bread and in the cup, there was this feasting that would happen remembering the love of God that was displayed through Jesus. And then lastly, um, there is a term that just is called the breaking of bread. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4. And so all these terms are given to describe this thing that became central to the early church. And while this is going on, there begins to be some problems. So one of the apostles, Paul, writes a letter to a church in Corinth correcting what they're doing in their communion. You see, at that time, a communion, again, was less of, again, a morsel of bread or sacrament. It was a meal. And at this meal, there was activity around social justice. So those who didn't have enough to eat would be able to eat. Uh, those who had plenty and excess were able to share that with it. It was this beautiful moment where before there were welfare systems, before there was government systems set up to take care for those who were marginalized, that, that was the church. That was the church's role, and it happened around the table. With that in mind, listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 11. It says, But in the following instructions I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there's divisions among you. And I believe it in part. For there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. But when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, while another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I receive from the Lord what I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, and you proclaim the Lord's death until he come. Whoever, therefore, 
eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. Now, I always heard this growing up as an opportunity like, well, as I come to the table, what are areas that I need to repent for? And I think, and I think that's fine. But I think if you look at the broader context of this verse, the examining that's going on in our heart is attached to specifically those who are in need. Are we caring for those who are hurting? Are we caring for those who are feeling left out and are marginalized? It's at the table, it's in the breaking of bread that we welcome those in in their hurt, in their pain, as they're ostracized and say, no, everyone has a seat at the table. Everyone gets to eat. This is why in verse 33 it says, So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. This is, I think, one of the most beautiful pictures of the church. This is why communion is so essential. It's why I miss it so much, uh, being able to take this every week. And so at the end of our time together, I want to encourage you uh, to be able to grab a cup and some bread and whether it's with a roommate or your family or a friend, to go and break bread and to participate in this. But let, let's remember that the examining of our heart needs to think about the equity and the care and the compassion for others. This is what the broken bread represents, is that everyone makes sure that they have an opportunity to receive the goodness of God, the gifts of God, I love what David Fitch says. says, The Lord's table is about presence. If we can recognize His presence at work around the table, we will be able to recognize His work in our lives as well. Without such discipline, however, we will always be tempted to take God's work into our own hands instead of recognizing His work, submitting to it and participating in it. This is what happens in communion. We recognize the work of God around the table and around the world, and we are welcomed into it. This is not our work, but this is an opportunity for us to come to this. And and from all different people, all different walks of life, this is the place that we come and we gather. Um, John Mark Comer talks about communion as the place where the things that are beautiful and the things that are broken collide. And this is my invitation to us as a church is that as we take communion today, that this would be more than just religious sentiment, that this would be an opportunity for us to engage those around us, whether it's at a relational level. Where where are the people that we've hurt that we need to seek reconciliation? Uh, Who are those that are hurting that need our our help? Um, one, One opportunity we have right now as a church is... Uh, in December, we were able to help launch an initiative called One Month Away in City Heights, which is one of the most diverse zip codes in the United States. It's home of many San Diego's uh, refugees. And realized within that neighborhood, there were many who were on the brink of being homeless or evicted because they didn't have enough money. Well, that initiative that started in December was able to help uh, dozens of families thank thank um, because of the generosity of the people in this community. 
But since the coronavirus has hit, there is now an unprecedented amount of people that as uh, the laws lift and people are needing to pay rent again because they have not been able to work, the numbers are staggering. So as we invite you to the table, we're inviting you to be a part of the Lord's work. And so uh, at, on our website, at the bottom of this uh, video, there's an opportunity for you to give. And under our giving page, there's a, there's a tab that says one month away. 100% of that is going to go directly towards people who aren't going to be able to make rent, who are going to need help in this time. And I can't think of a better way to evaluate our own heart as we take communion to come and to look around whether it's this opportunity or another one right in front of you say lord i don't want to come to the table full while my brother or sister is hungry i want this to be the place where we're able to share in the goodness and the grace of god and lastly communion helps us remember what's to come uh, Often, the past few weeks, we've been quoting the book of Revelation, uh, specifically the imagery it gives us of what redemption looks like, that every tribe, tongue, and nation will gather in heaven together. And in Revelation, it talks about that, that this will happen and it'll look like a feast. Right? It'll, it'll look like uh, bread and drink and food and different people of different languages and backgrounds coming together in the most beautiful thing you could ever imagine. And as you read through things like Revelations 19, I think it's helpful for us to remember that as we take bread today, as you break bread, whether again, whether it's with a family member, a friend, or a community group, your open table, is that we would find ourselves anticipating and hoping in the redemption of when God will make everything right, bring everything back into its right order. But let, let's, let's remember, this is not a solemn act. This is a party. This is a celebration for what God has done, that evil has been conquered. I love what Philip he says, he said, this table is different. It is where sons and daughters celebrate being found. Maybe someday, instead of solemnly making our way to the tables, we should dance for joy. Maybe we should sing every born-again song we know. Maybe we should tell our homecoming stories and laugh like people who no longer fear death. Maybe we should ask if anyone wants seconds and hold our little cups high to toast lost sinners found, and dead brothers and sisters alive. So let me invite you, whatever elements you might have in your house, to remember, to remember what God has done in His deliverance for His people crying out in their oppression. This is the activity of God that is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the bread broken for us, hidden away and found three days later, given as a ransom for us. He is the blood of a new covenant, a promised relationship that we get to walk in. Uh, let, let's remember 
that as his people, as we take communion together, that we are now a part of his body given to the world. We are an, an avenue for his graciousness, his gifts, his justice to be spilled over to a hurting world that's in desperate need of it. And let's remember that this is a foretaste of the feast. This is where we will have our hearts filled one day as God brings everything back into order. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have invited us to the table. That Lord, not only did you provide the elements, Lord, that you actually got down on your hands and knees and washed our feet at this very table. So Lord, we receive the gift of communion today. We ask that we would be people of communion today, Lord Jesus, that we would not be people divided, but God coming together because of your sacrifice and that we would see ourselves given over to the world as a means of your grace and generosity and compassion. And God, thank you for the feast that is coming. Lord, we celebrate you. We celebrate that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.